0: Congregation, the main text for this morning hour is from 2 Kings 5, especially verse 16. But he said, As the Lord liveth, before whom I stand, I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. So far, how our God deals with greed for money. How our God deals with greed for money. Three thoughts: healed without money, right? Naming the Syrian, he was healed and he did not have to pay for it. Secondly, pious greed for money. I said. Pious greed, because Gehazi said, As the Lord liveth, piously, as the Lord liveth, I needed money. And in the third place, leprosy instead of money. Gehazi became a leprous, a leper. So, how God deals with greed for money healed without money, pious greed for money and leprosy instead of money. Congregation, young people, children, did you hear that soldier, that foreign soldier from the other country? He came to Israel with the army, and one of them entered to the home, and saw the little girl, and said, you go with me. And he grabbed her hand, and he pulled her out of the house, Just she's crying, I suppose not. And the parents said, oh, no, do that. But they took it anyway. And they took many children and young people to a different country. All those parents were devastated. And those children were suffering. There's also one of those little girls in our text. She was taken by the servants of Ben-Hadad, the Syrian king. And one of the generals of the king, Naaman, but purchased that little girl, one of the little girls, as a helper in the kitchen and in the house for his wife. It was a big house, and it was much to do, and the cooking and the chores. So he said to his wife, Here, you have a girl from Israel to help you out. So what a situation for that girl she was so kind and so faithful and stood her best, like Joseph, right, did also in prison and in Egypt. So she was behaving quite well. And Naaman the Syrian, what type of man was he? He was a captain and general in the army of ben of the Syrians, and he was quite a man, courageous and smart, and there's something special to read about him. In verse 1, 2 Kings 5, verse 1. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. By him, the Lord had given deliverance to Syria. That's so so strange. Why does the Bible say that? Well, the Lord used him as an instrument in his hands. He was, in a sense, the servant of God. And the Lord had given him some insight that he was a good captain of the army. And the Lord had his hand in that. He was the rod, he was the stick the Lord was using to chastise, to discipline his own people. So, this Naaman did not do anything outside the Lord's providence. He could not move a finger without God's will. And whatever the Assyrians did to Israel, there was the will of God, not? So how do we apply it to today? That all the evil that comes to us also today in the Ukraine and other places is not happening outside of God's providence. It's not so the Lord says, well, I can't help it. I'm not behind that. They're doing it themselves. They respond to themselves and I'm only looking. I can't help it. It's not how it is. The Lord was behind that when the Syrians came into, into Israel and conquered it and took those girls along. Has the Lord's hand in everything. Poverty, riches, rain and drought. All things come by his hand. The Lord reigneth. So when you think of the future, And then we fear and think, oh, what's going to happen? Even Naaman was in the hand of the Lord. And the Lord is in charge of all things. Now this Naaman the Syrian, who was an instrument in the hands of God, was also a leper. Probably the beginning stages of it. She had some white spots on his skin here there. And I'm surprised he was still traveling. I'm surprised he was not in quarantine. But the little girl said to her mistress in the house, Mrs., I know something. I know something of how how your husband, how my master could be healed from his leprosy. Because there is in Israel a prophet, Elisha, living in Samaria, and I'm so sure he could help out. Well, leprosy was quite a disease, quite a skin disease. You could even die from it, and you have lots of pain and discomfort and being banned out of your house. And this little girl was concerned about her master. She kind of respected him, kind of loved him, and she spoke highly of the God of Israel. She was a little missionary. Because we are not only called, not only missionaries are called, but we are all called. We all have responsibility to say things and to speak well of the Lord and to, to point to Him and say, There's a God in Israel. He can help, He can do anything. There's nothing too too difficult for him. Well, someone overheard this, and someone told Naaman, and Naaman thought, well, I can always try it. It's worth it. She seems to be convinced about it. So therefore, he went to his own king, to Ben-Hadad, and proposed this. Could I travel to Samaria to Elisha the prophet? And the king Ben-Hadad said that, that's well, I agree with that, and I will write a letter for you. And he wrote it in, in the letter. This is my servant Ben-Hadad. He has leprosy. Could you do something for him? And there they went. So Naaman traveling with his horses, And chariots, I would have loved to see it. How they they traveled, quite a wealthy man. And he took with him lots of money, lots of bags of silver and 6,000 pieces of gold and raiment just to buy, right? To buy health, to buy something from the God of Israel. Really? So he went. And the king of Israel, Joram, I believe, was shocked. He thought, this is a trap. He wants to start a war again. He wants to find an occasion to be upset again so that he can come with his armies again. Because this this little thing can take him off. This little thing can just create a war. Again, okay, right? There's a little spark. So he is trying to spark it, to spark a new war. Those are dangerous situations, right? There's tension in the air, and that people don't know what's going to happen, what's next. We, we, we also feel that. And there was a fear, a fear of Joram that, that, was, that they were at the beginning of a new war. So he rent his clothes. And he said, am I like God? Can I do that? And that's where it stayed. He rent his clothes. And Joram did not pray, I read. Joram did not think of the prophet, I think. Joram just left it there. But the prophet knew this. And the prophet Elisha knew that the king had rent his clothes and was devastated. So, therefore, Elisha sent one of his servants, and it might have been Gehazi. And he sent him over there and let him come to me. The letter said, the messenger said. So he went. And over there Gehazi and Elisha in the house and he parked his chariot in front of the house of Elisha. He did not come out of his chariot. He stayed put. And Elisha did not open the door. They stayed inside. So they never met. They did not see face to face. And Elisha, the prophet, said, Let him wash himself in the Jordan River and go under seven times. And he will be healed. So that was conveyed, was conveyed to the general, to the captain of the army. Just go to the Jordan River and wash yourself seven times. He got mad. He was rough. He was very upset about that. So I'm sitting here in my chariot. Waiting for him to come, he didn't even leave his house. Who, do you, who does he think he is, and who does he think I am? I, I would expect him to come out of this house and to to talk to me and to investigate the disease and to lay his hands on my on my skin and to do something. And this 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 is this is strange. This is foolish. This is ridiculous to wash myself in that muddy Jordan River. Uh, at home, we have clear rivers of water and bigger rivers. And just here in this little, in this little stream to wash myself, absolutely nothing. And he just left. No desire. So, do you see him leaving? Do you see those horses going home with one or more chariots and servants on horses? And you see the face of Naaman, rough, mad, all for nothing, and go home. And then some of the servants are saying, Master, if Elisha would have asked you to do something difficult, complicated, you would have tried it. Now it is so easy. Just dipping yourself seven times into the water. And you don't do it? That is, I, I would do it. We have traveled all the way from Syria to this place. And he, he does not ask the impossible, does he? It is so simple. Just, just try it, try it. Okay. I'll try it. And he did. He went under one time, two times, three times, seven times, and look, he is better. His skin looks like the skin of a baby, so healthy and pink and clear. My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, would thou not have done it? How much rather than when he said to thee wash and be clean, then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. He was so happy. He was a different man. He was healed. From his leprosy, and he returned to the man of God, and all his company. And he came and stood before him, and he said, "Behold, now I know that there is no god in all the earth but in Israel. I know, I know that there is only one God, the God of Israel, the God Syria I know God. They, they could not help me. They are not alive. They are not real. They're idols." Now I believe that the God is the only true God. You know, I don't know how deep that went. But he might have had a new heart, right? Maybe the Lord blessed it, I don't know. But that's it's not possible. At least he has deep impressions about the God of Israel and it's all because of that little girl. So now therefore, I pray. Pray thee, prophet, he, uh, Naaman said, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. You know, he came out of his chariot now. And Elisha left the house now. Because now he wanted to talk personally, and he was mellow and different, and not so hardy, but humble. He said, You know, can I baby a little bit. And then Elisha said in verse 16, as the Lord liveth. Don't make a mistake. Don't argue with me. As the Lord liveth, before whom I stand, I will receive none. I don't need anything. I don't want silver. I don't want gold. I don't want those raiments. I will receive none. And he urged them. He said, please take something. Let me just leave something. Here. I have enough. He argued with him. Can I please pay something? Can I please give you some silver and some gold? You need it in the future. I, I, I have enough. Don't worry about me. Please take it. Please, please. He urged them. But he refused. See? He refused. Why did he refuse? The Paul did not refuse help. The priest in the Old Testament received also pay. So what's wrong? What's wrong with this? Say, well, give, give me something. Just leave it up to you. Why did Elisha say, absolutely not. I don't want it. As the Lord liveth, I'm not going to take it. Well, Elisha wanted to give the right impression of the God of Israel. And the right impression is that the God of Israel does not want to be paid and cannot be paid. The God of Israel is the God who gives things freely, without money and without price. And Naaman needed to know that that you cannot pay God for health, you cannot pay God for anything, and of course, you cannot pay God for salvation either. You, you cannot. You shouldn't. You don't have to. It's free. So he was, there, was a, there was a sermon. It was a very good sermon. A sermon in, 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 in the picture. In practice. Showing Naaman that God's gifts are free. Right? Psalm 50. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of the flocks. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee. For the world is mine, and the fullness thereof so the lord is saying i own everything congregation it was so easy to only wash himself in the in the jordan river and it was free that's the message that the gospel saw this morning out us, right to only believe in the lord jesus christ is it too simple? To only come without money and price? To have nothing you can pay with? To only trust in Him? To only give yourself over unto Him with all your impossibilities, all your sins, all your guilt? Having nothing and you, you, you can't pay anything and now you don't have to pay? We make it so complicated. We make it so difficult for ourselves. They are obstacles to ourselves. And the service of Benedict said, "Why don't you go there? Why don't you do it?" And may I say it in this morning? Al. Why not? Why not draw nigh unto the Almighty God with nothing? With nothing. He does not need anything of you. See? That's why it is so important in this, in, this, in this Bible story to hear that Elisha did not want to be paid. Let's go to the second thought. Naaman left again. With all the money, the silver and the gold. He could not leave anything behind. But he was better and happy. But Gehazi was kind of the servant of Elisha, of course noticed that, and he thought, Ah, that's too bad. I think we should ask at least something. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master has spared Naaman the Syrian in not receiving at his hands that which he brought. But, now listen to that. Listen to the words of Gehazi. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take some out of him. As the Lord liveth. Now, Elisha had said that. Elisha had said, as the Lord liveth, I am not taking anything. And there's the same oath as the Lord liveth. So he's using the name of the Lord. And I don't think he was here uh, mocking, but he meant it. And he was mixing greed with piousness. That's why I call the second thought, pious greed. As the Lord liveth, so he was religious. And he did not want to see anything wrong with it. And he was kind of hiding behind his piousness. He was a Pharisee in a sense. He was double-hearted. He was a servant of the prophet, a man of God, and yet infected with the Love for money. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. When name is Simon, running after him. He lighted down from the chariot. He came out of his chariot. Now, now he's doing that. And he said, Is it all well? And he said, All is well. And now listen to Gehazi, children. What would he say? And he said, Naaman, my master, sent me. Liar. My master sent me, saying, Behold, even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. I have visitors over, and I would like to feed them and to lodge them. And I need some money. My master sent me, behold, some people came over. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver, this one back. You have ten, I, I don't need all ten. To this one. And two changes of garments. I don't even ask for the gold. And Naaman said only one only one talent? Why don't you take two? Please take two. And it seemed that Gehazi was reluctant to receive two of them. He said, no, no, I don't need that. I don't need to. One, one is okay. But Naaman urged him and said, please take two. And they're kind of heavy also, right, to have two, two heavy silver bags him said, no worries, I will send two servants over here. And they were both, they will each carry a bag of silver. And they go with him. So that, that, that it happened. So two of the servants took a bag of silver and followed Gehazi back to Samaria. And they came up the hill, the citadel, the castle, the fortified city. And it was a house of Elisha on this side, of, of, of gaze on this side, so they brought it in the house. And he said, There's nobody here. Just, thank you. Go home now. I will take care of it. The, the servant left and he hid it under the bed, or I don't know. Or he dug a hole in the ground and just covered it there. He was hiding it. He bestowed it. So, Therefore, when he came to the tower, to the hill, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house. And he let the men go, and they departed. Pious greed. Very religious man, as the Lord liveth, and yet so hooked on materialism. I did not do the research. I don't know if the sin of materialism is the most mentioned sin in the Bible. But it is at least close. Maybe even the most mentioned sin. It's also depending on how you interpret things. It's it's, it's so often mentioned in the Bible, the love for money. Right. Think of Achan in Ai, who also was burying treasures in the ground. Joshua 7, think of Balaam who cursed the people of Israel because he got paid for it by Balak. Think of Delilah betraying Samson so the Philistines would catch him for money, Judges 16. Think of Judas Iscariot, the ultimate act of treachery, who paid the high priest, who paid the priests, Ananias and Sapphira. You go through the Bible and you look at the sin of materialism, the love for money. It's amazing, the amount of text about that. There are books written on that. They have a book at home about materialism, with all the texts in the Bible about, about materialism and being a pilgrim here on earth and being not attached to the things of this life and having but not having it. it it's, it's quite overwhelming. So we may be focused on sins mentioned once or twice or three times or four times in the Bible. And that's good. Sin is sin after all, right? doesn't matter how many how often it is mentioned in the Bible. But this sin apparently has quite an emphasis in the Bible. It is so human. We are so selfish. We have fallen so deep. Money. Farms, business, it's so important to us. And then we mix it with a church. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not covet thy manservant, the maidservant, the ox, the ass, or anything. It is their neighbors. So I'm not saying that stealing is the problem, no coveting, wanting it, the desire, the hunger, the focal point, the purpose in life. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not, hence even of your lusts that bore your members? you lust and you have not, you kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. So money, the love for money rather, is the root of all evil. They have which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and appeased themselves through with many sorrows. The Lord Jesus also spoke about that sin very often. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So is he that lays up treasure for himself, and is not rich towards God? Gehazi wanted the money, and he was not only wrong. But what else? what else would you say about him? It was not only a sin. It was not only wrong. It was not only an error. He was dumb. He was a fool. He was doing something. Can I say that? I say it in a a real way. He was stupid. It is so, say it again. It is so dumb, that life, because Gehazi, you're losing everything. You will just, your sins will find you out. It's not going to help you. you, you you're looking like, like them who won the reward here and they'll lose everything. If you love this world, you will perish with the world. Are you... Sitting and also foolish? Are you so unintelligent? Are you so unwise? Moses was choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. She looked upon the recompense of the reward. Gehazi was at home. He needed to go back to work. He uh, left the house, all the stuff under the bed, wherever it is. And he uh, went to the house of Elisha. And it's very interesting what's going to happen there. I was full of thought. Gehazi had a lot of money now. He could live as a prince. He could buy vineyards and olive yards and much more. He was all of a sudden rich, and he felt good. Felt fantastic. Felt as if he was satisfied. But now, going back to work, Right? Back to Elisha. So we see it in the Bible. He went in, verse 25, he went in and stood before his master. So he walked in as if nothing had happened, as if he had done nothing amiss. And he just had a straight face and he was standing before him. He went in, stood before his master. Kind of what's next? What should I do? I'm ready to go, whatever the responsibility is. And Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou? let me translate that. Where have you been? That's all. Where have you been? He did not accuse him. He was not mad. He said, I know where you've been. No, he only asked kindly, where have you been? Gehazi. Realize that. This is the time. This is the time to repent. Repent. This is the time to open up, that you have been wrong. Because Elisha is buying you some time. He's waiting for you. Where have you been? Just say it. Tell the truth. This is your chance. This is the time. This is the time of grace. Tell him. Where have you been? Please. And Elisha said, "And the came his thou the And he said, "Thy servant went no weather. Let me translate as well. Nowhere. I haven't been anywhere. Ah. What a sad situation. He got, the, he got the time to repent and to say it and to come clear with it and to be honest about it. And he didn't. Did the Lord also ask a question like that to Adam? Where are thou? Is the Lord not asking us a question today? Where have you been? What have you done? What have you said? What have you ruined? What have you done? Say it. Confess it. Don't hide it. Don't say, oh, nothing. Don't say, oh, I haven't, I'm I'm, I'm, okay. Okay. Whatever is on your mind now, you have not confessed whatever is on your mind now, what what you're you're still involved in. What is not right, what is wrong and foolish. Can you not stop it? Repeat. He repent he repent you whence Came is now where you come from Oh nothing. He is making his condemnation the bigger by the pious greed as the Lord liveth I need the money. My master told me he's a liar. Brownie may have said, he gave me the money. I did not force him. I did not steal it. You did not force him, but you stole. You did. You lied about it. Elisha didn't want the money. So it was Naaman's money. And not Elisha's. It was Naaman's money. And you lied about it by telling him that your master told you, etc. And now this, even then this kind of a hint, confess it. You know, you should have known better, Gehazi. You know Elisha. You know that he is a servant of God. And Elisha said unto him, "Went not mine heart worthy, when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee, is it the time to receive money and to receive garments and olive yards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants? The leprosy, therefore, of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper, as white as snow. I have to think of the rich young ruler as well. He also left, right? And he also left, but now lepers, white as snow. Naaman the Syrian was a leper. Not anymore. Now he is Gehazi. And it is his own foolishness. White as snow. Is that what it says? as a leper, as white as snow. Why the snow in the Bible has different meanings, and I know that it's not actually Jesus. That's just comparing, right? Let's compare that. Yeah. What I read in the Bible is in Isaiah one verse eighteen. Come now and let us reason together, say the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So leprosy is also the picture of sin and guilt. And Gehazi takes that picture. He he looks like a sinner now. The picture, the image of, of sin. However, it is possible to become white as snow in a different way. In, in, in a way, the Lord had offered Gehazi the time to repent, and he did not understand that. He did not come unto him. And so, maybe if you feel leprous this morning in church or listening in, you feel leprous. You feel a sinner. You feel a hypocrite. You feel uh, you have the pious greed as well. Try to combine serving God. I man. You, you, you may feel leprous leper this morning. But Christ. Can make you white as snow. With his blood, he can wash away all your sins. Also, that sin of greed. Also, that sin of lying about it. Also, that sin you're hiding. Also, those things you don't want to talk about. There's a Savior. Let me give you some highlights of what we have seen so far. There's a few of them. The Lord reigneth. He even used name in the Syrian to chastise the people of Israel. We are all lepers. But the Lord can do miracles. And believing is more simple than you might think. Your sins will find you out. There is still time to repent. And the Savior can make you white as snow. Gehazi, where have you been? Where have you been? What's your answer? Seek him and live. Amen. Amen.